Oh, kids time again. <laughs> hey, good morning. What's up? How are y'all? It's beautiful outside. I can't wait to go out there, and I hope that you're going to be able to enjoy this beautiful weather. Uh, I still have Christmas lights up on the house, so I don't know. Maybe I'll get to it today. Maybe I won't. We'll see what happens. I'm a little bit of a procrastinator. I don't know if anybody else is like that, too. But hey, welcome to Alamo Hills Church again. Uh, like I said, my name is Roy, and I get to serve as a lead pastor. If I haven't been able to connect with you at some point, um, invite me for coffee. Let's hang out. I'd love to say hello and connect with you even uh, deeper. So like I mentioned earlier, we are on this series, and this is actually the last Sunday um, of the series where we are calling it This Is Us. This is us. We are discovering deeper who we are as Alamo Hills and how we live out our identity everywhere we go. And our passion, our passion as Alamo Hills Church is this, it's to thrive together in Christ, to thrive together in Christ. And we believe that the best way that we as the body of believers can thrive together under Jesus is when we really just live out the Christian narrative. And so living out the Christian narrative, that is our strategy in, our, in our, the growth of our church. And so we believe that it begins with love, that we're grounded, that we're rooted and centered in the love of Christ. And then we gather together we gather together sacrificially as this body of believers, this, this body of Christ. And in the gathering, we equip one another. We equip each other, yes, by way of sharing God's word with each other, definitely by praying with and for one another. But we read in Acts 2.45 last Sunday, we read that part of the equipping of the gathering, the equipping of the church was this, that they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had a need. See, this is why life groups are so important. We can't wait to start launching even more life groups because we know that folks who have gone through next steps haven't been able to plug in yet because we need more life groups to plug them in too. But this is why it's so important because around that circle is when you really get to know what's going on in each other's life and so that we can live out this Acts 2.45, how the early church lived with one another and for each other in this life group setting is when we'll know that, that somebody in our, in our tight-knit family, if they're unable maybe to, to pay their rent, and so what would we do? We would do what the early Christians did and what the church has been doing since the beginning. We, as a life group, we would go into our homes and sell some of our possessions, throw some TVs up on OfferUp, and raise money until we're able to have enough to give to this family so that they can pay their rent and keep them in their home. This is how we equip one another. We care for each other. We serve one another. Last Sunday, Lacey preached. Uh, she doesn't like using that word, but Lacey shared with us about how this gathering of believers enabled her and her husband Rodney to, to be equipped, uh, that, they, that they were able to discover gifts that, that God had given them that they maybe even didn't know were there, but the gathering of believers equipped them to be able to serve in the talents that the Lord has given them. And now in her role as the executive minister of our church, which by the way is totally volunteer, we're not even paying her to do all the hard work that she does day in and day out. Can we just show her and Rodney some love right now for that. But now in her role and in her position, she is able to come around other people and help them see their talents, things that God has gifted them in, and she enables them to serve. These are ways that we equip 
one another. And as we do, as we equip, we go out and we scatter. We go back into our spaces, back into our world, our neighborhoods, our schools, um, our workplaces, the gym, whatever your third space is. I don't know if you've heard this term used before, but I read an article about a sociologist who kind of coined the phrase, and the third space is basically the living room of society. It's the places where we exchange ideas, where we have a good time, where we build relationships. Did you know that the pub is basically just short for the public house. And so we scatter. We're doing the work of God everywhere we go. And so today we're going to take a few moments and we're going to spend some time here in our last pillar in scatter, the call to go and do. You see, Jesus, he always intended us to be a people on the move. He called us to go out there, not only stay in here. See, every church For 2,000 years and all over the world, we all share in on the exact same mission that was given to us by Jesus. It's called the Great Commission. We try to do a really good job. I think most churches really do try to be innovative in ways on how to reach their community and even around the world. It's all of our passions as the Christian church. And so let's get into what that Great Commission is. If you want to turn in your Bibles to Matthew, Matthew chapter 28, or if you have your Bible apps, you can turn there as well. It's probably a little easier on your phone, uh, given that it's a little bit dark in here. Um, But in Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse 18, and here's what it reads. It says, then Jesus came to the disciples, and he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go, would everyone say go? Good job. All right, so go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always. Would everyone say always? Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You see, this is the mission statement of the Christian church since since Jesus spoke it over 2,000 years ago. See, all the local church, this is what we are called to do, to go in Jesus' name, spreading his name to all nations, inviting all people to come and join in on this family of God. And as we go, as we scatter, Jesus knew. He knew that we would suffer for his namesake. See, that's why he says, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. He will never leave us. And so this morning, we're going to see how this movement of God, this movement scattered. It scattered from just a couple hundred people in 31 AD in Jerusalem and 2,000 years later and billions, billions of believers who have lived uh, to where we are today here in San Antonio, a church that just started a year and a half ago, how we also join in on this call to go and scatter, see that we are to become a part of the people group that is the scattered people of God. 
And so as we look deeper into this scripture and what's going on here uh, in this story, we see that there are the 11 disciples that are receiving this great commission that we just read. And so now we fast forward into the book of Acts. We're in Acts chapter one, and the author does a really quick uh, recap here. He, he's basically, if you go to Acts chapter one, he reiterates the great commission. He reiterates what Jesus was telling the disciples, and he kind of gives us a little bit more meat into what's going on here in the scriptures. And so uh, Jesus says in Acts chapter 1, verse 4, he says, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. And then in verse 8, Jesus says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. See, the author right here, he's letting us know that the disciples, they had clear instructions. They had clear next steps as to what Jesus had in mind for them. See, Jesus said, yes, you're going to go and you're going to spread this great news of salvation that the Messiah has come and lives forevermore. You're going to go and share the great news with other people and invite them into the family of God. But before you do, you better wait. And why do you think Jesus says to wait. You see, it's because you're going to need this gift. Jesus says, you're going to need it. You're going to need this gift that the Father has promised you. Trust me, you're going to need it. This Holy Spirit power. You see, it's through this power that Jesus fulfills his blessed assurance. He fulfills his promise that he will be with us always to the ends of the earth. Jesus is saying, as you, as us, as we, the church, go to the ends of the earth, he says, surely I am going to be with you always because you're going to have the gift of God's spirit living inside of you. Jesus says, you're going to have my power in you so that you can face any trial. You can face any persecution. You'll be able to keep your head up, focused on Jesus, focused on the Son, But the command here, the command is to wait for this power. And as they wait, the scriptures tell us that the apostles, they stay in Jerusalem. They're hanging out with other Christians. They're in this upper room and they share with everyone in that upper room. The disciples share uh, what Jesus had told them. He told them to wait together, and so they do, and so they all begin to pray together, knowing and trusting that God will fulfill the promise that he said he would. Y'all, I don't know about you, but I absolutely hate waiting. I think when HEB came out with curbside, it like added at least a decade to my life. And have you ever seen those, um, those cartoons of heaven where there's like this super long line to get to the gate and then you have like the archangel kind of checking everyone in. And so like my fear is like that's actually going to happen, that I'm going to have to wait in this super long line to finally get to the archangel. And so I show him my ID and he's like matching my ID with Roy Farias in the book of life. And there's like 500 Roy So he has to call the manager over, Peter, and and he has to get a manager's approval uh, to be able to get me into the gate. Y'all, this is my fear that I'm going to have to wait. Like the Lord's just going to have to give me like supernatural patience if that's going to be what if the cartoons are right about this because I just I won't be able to handle it. 
See, but waiting, in the waiting, every single great movement of God happens when we wait on the Lord, when we wait in prayer, when we listen in for God, when we try to hear for his footsteps to come nearby so he can tell us what the next step is that he has for our path and a great movement of God was on the horizon. See, the church was about to be launched into this cosmic eruption and creation would never be the same again. See, as the people waited in prayer for God's spirit, in Acts chapter two, that's the account where it tells us that the spirit falls on the church just like Jesus said it would. See, the church in Jerusalem They begin to see crazy, exponential growth. I mean, thousands of people are turning to Christ. They're joining in on the faith. And it's because those couple hundred that were in the upper room, well, they scattered into Jerusalem. They scattered into their city, sharing the love of Christ everywhere they went as the Spirit fell on them and gave them the power to go and share the good news with everyone that they came in contact with, the movement grew from just a couple hundred to thousands in Jerusalem. Y'all, this church was popping. It was growing. People were talking about it. It was like the coolest thing to come and be a part of, and lives were being changed forever. It wasn't just a trend. I mean, obviously, look at us today still talking about this incredible first church in Jerusalem. And so many more disciples, well, they had to be added to the mix to make up for the influx of people that were coming in and joining on this church, on this movement of God. You see, folks were healing the sick. They were speaking truth to the religious folks. And if you know religious people, you know that they don't like to be wrong or be told that they're wrong. In fact, the truth is for religious people that they're just more right than they were before, which by the way, that argument doesn't really hold up in marriage. I've I've been trying it for seven years going on eight, and it's just still not working, so don't even try it. So in Acts chapter six, as we move forward, there's this new disciple. His name's Stephen, and he believes that he's supposed to be scattered to the Jewish leaders. You know, the the very same religious leaders that put Jesus on the cross, Stephen believes that his call is to go and spread God's news to them. And in in Acts, it tells us that Stephen starts reminding these Jewish leaders their history and their ancestry of disobeying God and how there are people that never listen to God. I mean, you could look in Acts chapter 7, and he just goes line by line through their lineage and through their history of how they've been constantly in disobedience against God. And then he puts the cherry on top, the most recent, because now he's not just talking about their ancestors from hundreds of years. Ago, he comes right down and starts talking directly to them. And here's what he says in Acts uh, 7, uh, verse 51. Stephen says, You stiff necked people, by the way, he's cussing them out right here. You stiff necked people, your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. You're just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Was there ever a prophet your ancestors did not prosecute? or persecute, they even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one. And now you've betrayed and murdered him. You who have received the law that was given through the angels, but have not obeyed it. See, right there, Stephen just signed his very own uh, death sentence. 
See, the religious people, they became so angry with Stephen that they began to stone him right there in the public square. They're stoning Stephen, maybe even in front of his family and friends, definitely in front of the church. I mean, the the religious people were so angry. And, And so Acts tells us that riots just began to break out all over the city. And before Paul became a Christian, he was the one who was leading the persecution against the church where they were coming and barging into the Christians' homes and throwing them in to prison, the riots, they broke out and through this persecution, y'all, through this persecution, the purposes of God began to unfold. Y'all, I really believe that someone, even myself, we need to hear this truth this morning, that even in the face of evil, the purposes of God will not be shaken, The people of God will never be defeated. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so the thousands of believers, they're scattered now. The the believers that were there in Jerusalem, it says on that day a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea. Judea. And Samaria, remember fulfilling the words of Jesus in Acts chapter 1. You see, God knows the end from the beginning. He knows what we have need of even before we need it. He knows how many days we're going to live on this earth. And he knows that death and persecution always come with grief and sorrow. I mean, you think you don't think that the, the people were sad to see their friend Stephen being murdered in the city square? You don't think that they wept over losing their homes and not even the go back being able to go back to retrieve their belongings, the, their family heirlooms, the, the framed handprints of their kids, or the weird umbilical cord thing that we save for some reason. I don't know why we do that because that's so weird, but they couldn't go back into their homes. And even uh even get things that they, that they had hoped that they would be able to pass down to their kids. Sure, of course there was grief. Y'all, of course there was pain. There was heartache that came with the scattering. But y'all, Jesus knew. He knew that these things were coming. Remember, he was the one himself He's the one himself who suffered and died. He alone carried the weight of sin for all of humanity and carried it to the cross so that he can be the remedy and the cure for sin for all humankind and for all time. That's why he said, brothers and sisters, you better wait. You better wait to be nourished and empowered by my spirit before you go and live out this mission that I have for you because you're gonna need it. This Holy Spirit power, you're going to need it in this broken world. In verse 4, it says, Those persecuted people of God who had been scattered preached the word everywhere they went. Y'all, the Spirit gave this gathering the power to continue on this mission of God to share Jesus everywhere they went and with anybody they came in contact with. See, we are a scattered people. We're scattered to go and do and to live out this love of Jesus. Alamo Hills, we are a scattered people. 
I'm not over here trying to go out and buy some land in the middle of nowhere and create a compound for all of us to live in. We're not giving out Kool-Aid in the middle of service. By the way, that juice is safe. Trust me, uh, we tested it out and everyone's okay. We are scattered. We go back into reality. See, because over there, that's where the harvest is. That's where the lost are. And Alamo Hills, they are the reason why we began as a church a year and a half ago. For those who don't know Jesus yet, so they can come and find him through us anywhere and everywhere we go. See, if you walk through these doors of Alamo Hills, wherever we are, and you're a believer, then your job is to join in with us as we seek those who are lost and invite them in to our friendship to taste and see that the Lord is good. Y'all, this isn't a place just to be cozy for the Christians so that you can find a nice, comfortable seat and some hot coffee. By the way, if you're a Christian and drinking coffee, stop it. It's for the non-believers Just kidding, it's for all of us. We can all have coffee. I drink like four of them before I get up here. But this is what we're called to do. See, we're not trying to make this church fit like OJ's glove for the Christian. By the way, OJ, we know that it fits. Christians, your job, our job as the believer is to feed the hungry, to heal the sick, to mend the brokenhearted. See, the community, this community is where Christians, where we place our comforts and our reservations aside for the sake of reaching the lost. That's what we're all about. And by the way, it's all cyclical. And so if you come into this place as a non-believer and you come to faith in Jesus, then guess what? We're gonna kick your butts back out there so that you can go and reach the lost, so that you can feed the hungry, so that you can heal those who are sick, and so that you can be the love of Jesus Everywhere you go. And yeah, there's going to be persecution along the way. I think that's really good for us. And so I say, bring on the fire. See, because it's in the fire that we're refined, that we trust in Jesus harder and stronger. It's in the fire that our faith is tested, tried, and proven. See, when we're weak, that strength that you have to keep getting up, to keep grinding through the day. You're literally experiencing the power of God living inside of you, giving you the strength to keep on going in your weakness. And so I say, come on, Satan, you can go ahead and try to give us your best shot because you've already tried to shut this church down on many occasions. And when Satan tried, when he tried, we were scattered to the bar where we were able to blanket that place with God's love with his justice, with his word and worship. And folks that came in just for a beer, well, they found a home in Jesus. See, and then we were scattered here to this elementary school where we're now even deeper into our community. And think about that. On the first day of the week, we get to blanket this school with God's worship, with his love, with his salvation, with his word, We get to blanket this place where there will be tons of school kids and families and parents and teachers and school workers on the first day of the school. 
We get to make sure that God's spirit is still resonating in this place. You see, even because we scattered here to this school, a teacher who was coming in the morning to work on her classroom, she's now hopefully finding a home in this place with her, with her boyfriend coming in to worship with us. You see, when I was weak, maybe even when this church was weak, God proved to be strong. Friends, and as we scatter from this place, living in and living out God's call to love, know that the haters of love are going to come after you like starving, ravenous wolves just waiting for their prey. And when they find you, know that the power of God that's living inside of you, the spirit that's been multiplied by this gathering of believers, know that we are with you. Know that this power of Jesus, that you have it inside of you to withstand all the fiery darts of the enemy that might come your way. See, because persecution is always just around the corner on this side of eternity. But y'all, we have the promise. We have this promise that by God's spirit, he will never leave us. As we go to the ends of the earth, sharing this life of faith with others, this love of Christ that truly becomes the identity of the believer. And may this, may this place be a safe zone where we can come together equipping each other so that we can confidently go and scatter into our worlds, confidently living out God's love and giving it away. Because sometimes, sometimes it's just nonstop like hardship after hardship, persecution after persecution. For, for most of you, I, I don't even know what you might be going through, but know that God does and he hasn't forgotten you. You see, as you step into the real world, I wonder, are you going through some hardship right now? Are you feeling persecuted at work or at home? Are you feeling like you just can't catch a break? Well, if so, I want you to write this down and circle it, screenshot it, whatever you want. It's in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Listen to this promise of God that's given to us by Paul. And here's what he wrote. He said, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Would you say all things? All things work for the good of those who have been called according to his purpose. See, if you're sitting here right now, if you're listening to God's word, I believe that you are in this group who've been called according to his purpose. I believe you just gotta receive it. See, the Lord works everything for the good of those who love him. And so if you abide in him and if he abides in you, he's working that rut out in your life for his good, for his purpose, and for yours. I wonder, do you believe that? Would you believe that? See, because when you do, when you do, that's when you begin to live in the freedom of God. And it's in that confidence that we remain on mission to scatter, sharing God's love everywhere we go. And it's regardless of the forecast in our present life. See, his purpose is to use you to share his love. And so as you scatter 
for Jesus. See, God continues to mold us and shape us deeper into his presence as we work in his kingdom toward his mission of love. And so let's show people the face of God everywhere we go. Let's show people his face through our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're going to spend just a couple of moments in prayer. The band's just going to play acoustically over us so that we can just have a moment to just sit in God's presence, uh, wait maybe even just for a little while and, 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 and hear his voice. There's so many ways I believe that God speaks to us. He speaks to us through his word, through this uh, still, small voice. I believe for the Christian, our conscience, it begins to be guided by the Holy Spirit. And so as we walk in the Spirit and live in the Spirit, that is our conscience. And so listen for that. Maybe there's some forgiveness that we haven't given away to somebody who's holding us back. Maybe there's uh, something going on in the lives of a loved one and that you just want to pray for breakthrough. That's where I am right now. Jackie and I, we spent uh, all day Saturday. Um, I have a very close family member who is in her third stint in uh, inpatient rehab. And so we had a family day and we were able to just talk and sit with each other in this group counseling session there's real things going on in the lives of people around us. We've got real pains. And I got to look into the eyes of so many addicts. And I was still able to see a glimmer of hope, of restoration that they're seeking, and that God, I hope and pray that they find in Jesus. They had so much hope and willpower in the setting that they were in. And so my prayer, my personal prayer is going to be that, God, you would just break through in the life of my family member that this is it for her so that she can live in this freedom that I preach about every single Sunday so that she can live in this freedom that's found in Jesus. And that's my hope for me and for all of us here every single day as, as I pray for our church family and for those who will come See, because I, like I've said before, we're all in recovery. We're in recovery from our sin. And so would we come together and just whoever God drops on your spirit or in your heart, let's just lift them up, even if it's ourselves, lift ourselves up to God in prayer over the next few moments together. And then I'll come back and close this up. God, I thank you that you hear us every single time we pray, whether it's here in this setting, whether it's in the car, in the shower, before we go to bed, God, you hear us. God, and you never leave us. God, you said you were with us always to the end of our age. Lord, thank you that you are with us forever, even beyond that throughout eternity, God. Lord, thank you that we don't have to be perfect before you call us out on mission, Lord, but right where we are in our brokenness, you use us and you desire to use us, God, in your kingdom and for the advancement of your love in this world around us. Would you give us the strength 
Would you give us the power to be your hands and feet everywhere we go, God, to be your voice, God. I pray for everyone here who might be suffering through something, whether it's an ailment or work or home life, God, would this be a place of recharge, of rejuvenation, of of influx of your spirit inside of us? Lord, would you bring peace and stability to the hecticness, the craziness of our lives, God? Would you help us to find peace in you, God? Because things gotta get done. We have to grind, Father. But we also need to sit and be still and listen for your spirit. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your body and for your blood that nourished us this morning. Thank you for your real presence living inside and through us, Father. Lord, so we go from this place in victory, knowing that we have the confidence to go and fight any battles because it's your battle, God. It's your fight, and we already have the victory through your son, Jesus Christ, Lord, and we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you just give God a clap right now? Y'all, we live in that victory, and we get to move in that victory. So would you stand up with me as I go ahead and close us out this morning? Again, thank you so much for being with us. I hope that you were blessed. I hope that you were encouraged to go out from this place and really be the church. Every believer is a minister of the gospel. We all have the ability to share God's love and peace with those around us. And so as you go from this place, if you consider Alamo Hills to be your church home, uh, would you consider funding the mission if you don't already and you have the opportunity to do that here in this space. There's offering. There's an offering box secure uh, on your way out. The best way to give is online. They're both very secure, um, but uh, of course online might be a little bit more secure just because there's not like a paper trail um, from here to there and everywhere else. So anyway, we would love the opportunity to partner with you in this way to ensure that Alamo Hills continues to be effective together because together we are stronger. So thank you for giving Thank you for uh, giving of your your funds and of your time and of your talent uh, to ensure the continuation of this church. And uh, next Sunday, so next Sunday is that Super Bowl thing. Hey, invite friends. I wanna meet new people, invite family, your neighbors, whoever. It's just gonna be a fun space to hang out, a third space, right? Uh, There's gonna be food and drinks for y'all to be able to buy. Of course, they have like kids, uh, kids meals and things like that as well. It's gonna be very family friendly. We'll have the patio some kids games out there as well. So I really hope that I'll be able to hang out with you next Sunday uh, and that you can get to mingle with one another so that we can grow deeper in our friendship together right after service next Sunday. Uh, I would just like to to, um, see if we can just hang out uh, those who consider Alamo Hills Church to be their family. We're gonna have just a quick family meeting on an update on the exciting, great things that God has done and is doing and will do in the life of our church. I hope that you can come back and make that. But definitely bring some friends uh, next Sunday to the Super Bowl party. I would love to meet them. Would you have a great week in Jesus' name? Love you guys. Have a good one.